Hey, thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. We get to listen to real people's stories of insight, grit, endurance, and maybe a little bit of I can't believe that really happened to you. I'm your host, Monica Martin. Let's get to it. If you've ever wondered what the Akashic Records are and how you can use them in your own healing work, you're really going to love this interview today. My guest is the founder of Fire and Ice Transformational Coaching. She uses the Akashic Records, Sacred Soul Alignments, Reiki, Energy Work, and other methodologies to help her clients transform their lives. Welcome, Jilly Maria. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. I have brought on another spiritual woo-woo person, so I'm really uh, looking forward to this. Uh, so I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, your backstory, how you came into this space, and what you what brought you to be a healer. Sure. So I had a confluence of events happen in 2011, which forced me into therapy. And by forced, I mean, I found a therapist through a friend of mine who said, I'm holding you to account, you need help and go find a therapist. I don't really want to hear anything about details, just I'm going to be an accountability partner. And I did that, worked with her for about a year and a half and then found energy healing and then found the Akashic records and uh, so on and so forth. And just, it kind of kept cartwheeling into my being an accidental, but now realizing they were synchronistic spaces. And then as I was growing in my own healing process, I accidentally became a coach in 2014. Um, How that happened is, I was talking to a friend of mine and giving her advice and getting intuitive hits and sharing that with her. And at one point she said, I need to pay you for all this. Tell me how much, what is your rate? And I, at the time was a virtual assistant. Um, So at the time I, my brain stopped and froze and I went, um, I have no idea what to do with that. And so I threw out a number and she agreed to it. And uh, that became my coaching, the start of my coaching career. And then I was still a virtual assistant at that time and coached her for probably about a year and a half or so. And then interesting tidbit, we had a falling out. I hit a wall and I realized as I think we often do when we come into the healing space as practitioners, quote unquote, is a lot of people get into the space of, I want to be so busy helping other people that I don't have time to do my own work. And I want to share with you that it is imperative that you do your own work or you will hit the wall. It is not a pleasant, fun experience. I quit coaching. I wasn't not out there coaching. I just didn't have any clients for about six or eight months. And I retooled a bit and I re-established who I wanted to be how I wanted to show up as a coach, how I wanted to show up as a practitioner and stepped into the Akashic records and Reiki and then sacred soul alignment. And then sick, uh, the another level of sacred soul alignments and so on. And 
the work that I get to do now and the things that it has changed in my life. I mean, it's changed my whole life in, in its entirety because I now do trauma and emotion coaching and it is a dual passion along with working and speaking on mental health because I feel like those are forgotten topics. And I feel like we talk about mental health when someone, you know, passes from some unfortunate reasoning and, um, you know, we talk about it when someone's in crisis and makes the news or, you know, like a Britney Spears thing or someone has a breakdown, it's super public or, you know, you have a twitch situation where somebody that come, it comes out of left field that someone has taken their own life. And that's when we talk about it. But otherwise we are mute. And so part of the reason why I do trauma and emotion coaching is because I get underneath people's trauma. We get into the emotion and we resolve the emotions. We go backwards. And when I look back on my life, where I am now, and I've, you know, done multiple interviews and whatnot, and I have so many people that will say, was there a point in time in your life when you realized that you were meant to do more. There was more going on. And I'll say, you know, I've I've been an empath my whole life. I've been a medium since I was a child. And I've been, you know, in my gifts. I've been in my clairs since I was a child. And I had an experience. My dad had at one point rented a very old, probably 200-plus-year-old house in the middle of Maine. We were in the middle of nowhere. And I looked out my window one night and into what was a hayfield. And it had been, at that point, it had been harvested. And there was a little girl. I saw a little girl in a white outfit. And she was glowing. And there was nobody around that I knew that had kids. I mean, the nearest house was like a quarter mile to the in one direction or the other. And I don't remember. I don't think that I mentioned it to my dad or my stepmom. I don't remember at this point if I did, but I just remember being fascinated. And I remember the next day when we walked the dogs to the lake, I was trying to look for this girl. And it was trying. I would years later go and do some research on it and find out there was a fire nearby and the little girl had died. And I was, you know, wow, okay. But I still didn't make the connection, like what actually was happening. And then years after that, I was at the crystal shop that I frequent and there was a woman that came in and she was looking for Salina and I got an intuitive hit and I explained who I was and I said, what are you trying to do? So she was telling me what she was trying to do and she was trying to, she had inherited her brother's house. He passed away. Um, I'm in North Carolina and the house is in Oxford, which there's so many areas and towns and houses in North Carolina that experienced civil war battles and the house that she lived in with her brothers at the end of his life, she basically had civil war soldiers energy attached to her. And I said, so you wanted to clear the house and protect the house and you want to do a selenite canopy. And so got her set up with that, but also said, Hey, I've got this notion, you know, maybe you think I'm crazy, but may I share? And she said, sure. And so I cleared of all that energy and it was just, I just followed my intuition and allowed myself to just go. And it was so, it was heartwarming. And it was one of those situations where 
I had no plan. I had no expectation, nothing. And, you know, toward the end, she, you know, she said, can I give you a hug? Yes, you may. So we, you know, hugged and she said, I came in here wasted, planning to waste time. You know, just, we were just trying to spend time at the flea market and you changed my life. And this is, was completely unexpected. And so, you know, I, when she left, the owner of the, of the shop said, tell me what you just did. So I explained what I did and it's like, wow, I don't think I'd ever want to be responsible for something like that and crossing different realms and, you know, all those pieces. And I think that that's part of why a lot of us don't do our work. A lot of us are afraid to come into our gifts. A lot of us are afraid to, you know, be healers. And something that I want to, you know, clarify for anybody that's listening is that being a healer is being a space holder. It has nothing to do with the modality. Because I see that a lot too, where people will go display their cute little certificate and say, I'm a certified whatever. And I'm excited for you, but a lot of courses don't teach space holding and they don't teach you what to do if you are sending Reiki or you're in the Akashic Records or you're working with sacred soul alignment or you're doing whatever you're doing with a client and they suddenly have a traumatic memory come up or, you know, they suddenly are bursting into tears or they're shaking or you know, they suddenly are feeling like waves of hot or cold, or they suddenly start getting goose flesh. What do you do? And that's one of the things that as a certified Akashic Records practitioner, and this is why I encourage people to get certified, because um, there are hundreds of YouTube videos out there about the Akashic Records, Reiki, etc. And, you know, if you're a skeptic, if you're not the kind of person who would reach out to me, for example, and say, hey, I'm just curious about this. Tell me all about this. Sure. There are, you know, dozens of books, there are dozens of YouTube videos, but one of the things that I learned and that one of the things that I teach when I teach the Akashic Records also is how to hold space and what exactly that means. And being in the real space of the sacredness of what you're doing when you're healing, quote unquote. That's really important. Um, when you mentioned space healing, I thought about how it correlates to active listening. And a lot of people don't really know how to active listening, um, how to active listen. That's one of the core things that we learn uh, in space holding and coaching and that sort of thing is how to be in the service of others uh, and not think about what's my next thought? What am I going to say next? But just sit in the space and allow that person to express the full message that they want to share. So do you find that that's kind of goes along with active listening? 100%. And a lot, like you said, a lot of people do not know how to actively listen. A lot of people are also, and that's, again, goes back to what I said before about getting into your own trauma because you will get triggered. You will have things that you'll take personally or you'll make them personal. If I'm a bad healer, if that person doesn't take that step, or I'm a bad healer, if that person doesn't do this or that, and you can be a fantastic healer and they're just not ready. And, or you can be, you know, an amazing healer and that person 
has to bridge the gap in the, you know, in trust and safety. Because a lot of times if you've got trauma, your trust has been broken probably multiple times. You have either a physical, emotional, or mental safety issue going on. So it's really hard to just take someone at their word. I'm not going to do this because if people's actions and their words haven't matched in the past, or someone said, I'll always love you. And then they hit you, or they've always will love you. And then they leave, or they say, I'm going to be here always. And they're not. And whether that is a conscious choice or whether they're taken away, you know, is a very quick example. One of my dearest friends, her dad is very much in her life. They have a fantastic relationship. He was in the military when she was growing up. So he would deploy frequently and he would say, I always love you and I will always be here. And she took here to be here in the house. And so when dad had to deploy, she would have this sense of abandonment. And even though she would see him on video and she would, you know, she just, as a child, she didn't connect those two things. So they had a conversation probably in the last like three years or so um, as she's come into adulthood, you know, saying to her dad, this has registered for me as an abandonment wound and not asking for anything from him. Just saying, if I do things this way, it's because I'm afraid people are going to leave and it has registered as that. And I think it's really important to recognize that if someone says, someone tells you their truth is that you've left or you've done this or you've done that. If we can be in the space of receiving that, actively listening to it and hearing it without offense and saying, oh, yeah, I can see how you would see that as abandonment. I can see that. And what could I do to correct it? How can I support you in correcting it? Because a lot of times we like to make people wrong or bad or we take things personally when, you know, one of my favorite things about the Four Agreements book is reading, you know, don't take anything personally. Your life gets a whole lot easier when you stop taking things personally and just get in the space of, oh, okay, some, they must have a lot going on to need to do this, you know, to need to do that. And I'll tell people all the time, you want a really good way to fix that, to actively work on that. When you're driving down the road, be in the space of take nothing personally. You know, be driving, you're controlling your car and your stuff and whatnot, and you're also watching people around you. But if someone cuts you off, it's not personal. Man, that person must have someplace to be in a hurry if they need to go 80 and a 65. Whew, let me get out of their way and wish them well. Right. I love that book, uh, The Four Agreements. Uh, what I like to uh, picture, this is kind of funny, uh, when I'm driving and someone cuts me off, I use that and I say, oh, well, maybe somebody's in labor. <laughs> you know, uh, I try to find some humor in that so I don't go into that. Okay, yes. <laughs> this person's a jerk and I'm going to go into road rage now. Like I try to picture a pregnant woman that's in active labor. <laughs> so whatever works. I mean, we all have our things, but uh that's, I, I don't know. I like to try to find some humor in things sometimes and it helps me cope. <laughs> yes, same. Um, but so um, you are a, an Akak Akashic Records practitioner. And I'm wondering if you could give us like the 101 of what that means and, um, and how you use it. Sure. So the Akashic Records are a record of every thought, word, and deed of your soul since its inception. People have Akashic records, objects have Akashic records, events 
your house, the earth, your car, your job, your desk at work has has an Akashic record. And I use it as both a container and as a book of wisdom. So in other words, I will, by default, when I, you know, like this interview has its own Akashic record. When I do lives in my group that, you know, I do an Akashic records live in my group, that group setting has its own Akashic record. And how I use the Akashic records is to delve deeper into, and it's not just, you know, a lot of people have the notion that it's past lives. It's like, oh, can we dig into my past life? Sure. And I like to use them for depth for current situations. So for example, when, if someone asks me a question about, let's say, Hey, I have two choices and two jobs and I'm wondering which is the best for me, or, you know, I need to consider a move across country and, you know, is that in my best and highest interest? And, you know, a lot of times I'll, you know, get a yes or a no. And then I like to add the nuances. And as an example, I had someone ask me about it probably two years ago now, if a job that was her perfect dream job was for her best and highest good. And as I was even reading the question, I got an instant no. And I used to be in a space as a practitioner where I'd be afraid of saying no. My people pleaser would come up and I'd go, "Mm, I don't want to say no. But then I realized that it's like if the answer is an instant yes or an instant no, you get to say that. And then I would say, okay, you know, calling in her guides and saying, okay, what, what's going on here? And I said, you know, I remember saying something to the effect of, cause it's not a function of memory. So I don't have all the details, but I remember saying something to the effect of there's something that we don't know that up there that is not is hidden from view that is going to shift things, not in your favor. So she, you know, went on and said, thank you very much and didn't take the job. And about three months later, reached out to me and said, I just got to share with you what happened. I didn't take the job. And the company in the last week filed for bankruptcy and imploded. She said, so I would have left a good job. It was not a great job. It was a good job. That was an okay fit that paid the bills. And I knew the people. I was good at my job, et cetera for a great job, quote unquote, that was temporary. And she said, I just wanted to say thank you for saying no and for giving me the nuanced details so that I could say no and be at peace with it. And I'm so glad I didn't take that job because, man, you know, I would have been looking for work and whole thing. And that's a lot of times what I think, you know, we focus so much on past lives. I think a lot of people miss the magic of the Akashic records. I mean, I, first came into the Akashic Records. And it was kind of funny because I had joined a group back when groups were a new thing on Facebook and at the behest of a friend of mine who was trying to help her friend build her group. And a woman did a Akashic Records Live. I had no idea what the I was raised, you know, Catholic and I was a good little Catholic girl and all the things. And she said, post a question in the comments and I will get to as many as I can. And I don't even remember the question anymore. But I do remember the answer being spot on and my like mind blown. Like, how did, how, what in the, and she said, you know, let me know if that resonates. And it did deeply. And so a couple weeks later, another woman, and my mind was clicking in the meantime, what if I could, I got to go research this because what if I could 
read my own Akashic records and I wouldn't have to wait for a live and I could ask more than one question and I was fascinated. And then a couple weeks later, another woman did Akashic records live. And so I posted my question and she answered me. And again, it was mind blown. So I would then go into getting my Akashic Records certification and, you know, I've since done thousands of sessions and thousands of single question readings. And, you know, I've also looked in the Akashic Records of, you know, Civil War battlefields and houses. And it's amazing you know, part of that is, you know, dives into the house mediumship piece as well is, you know, when I do house mediumship and people will say, please don't read any of the history of the house before you come. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And I, you know, every single time the house does not tell you the things that are written down in, you know, grandeur, the parties, the, you know, sassy history, the house is going to tell you about the indentured servants or the tragedies or the things that, you know, the window that's hidden in the wall behind the drywall that when you start to do renovations, you're going to find. And I told somebody, there was someone that was one of the groups that I'm in on Facebook. They were debating whether they were going to take down drywall. And I said, well, I'm, you know, whether you believe in what I do or not is irrelevant to the conversation. I don't take anything personally, etc. I'm not asking you to believe it, but I am telling you, I'm looking at that wall. I'm seeing what looks like a window. And I said, did that wall ever used to be an exterior? Cause it wasn't at the point. And they came back and said, yeah, this actually used to be the exterior and they built on. And uh, so they went and they came back and said, whoever the person was who said that there was a window, we tore out the drywall last night and there was indeed a window there in place, intact. They just had drywalled over it because it didn't fit the aesthetic that they were working on. And those, those are the fun things, you know, that just getting an intuitive hit. And uh, but yeah, I mean, with the Akashic Records, you know, I strongly encourage people to. Uh, Use your discernment. If you go on a live, because there's a lot, apparently there's, I'm not on TikTok, but apparently there's a lot of people who are, and there's a lot of people on there selling readings and whatnot. And I, there's nothing wrong with being paid to do the work that we do. However, use discernment. If you feel like that person doesn't match you energetically, if you feel like there's something sticky or you feel like there's something, if your gut instinct is like, you yeah, walk on really. Um, if you want to delve into your Akashic records, um, you don't feel comfortable reaching out to me to ask questions about it, you know, go in and read. Do you, and again, when you're reading, see what resonates with you. There's tons of info. I mean, I've read some crazy, crazy things about the Akashic records. Like you can only use them for this, or you can only do this. You can only do that. You can only get into the Akashic records when you're in a theta state and you're meditating for at least an hour and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there going, okay, no, because I can access the Akashic records anytime I want to. Um, if I know I'm doing heavy stuff, probably I'm not going to do it while I'm driving down the road, but I can. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of misnomers about it. You know, like you can only use, you, you would only use the Akashic records if you're, you know, demon seeking, or if you're not Christian, or you have to believe in this, if you're going to go in the Akashic records, or you're inviting this in. And 
I want to invite you into the space that anything that you do, any modality that you engage in, and really anything you do in life, if you set the intention that you're only going to be in a space of love, that you're only going to be in highest intentions, you're not going to have an issue. And if you're in the space of like, oh, hey, I mean, I wouldn't recommend reading using a Ouija board, but, you know, whatever. I mean, we've all, you know, we've all done crazy things in our life. And, you know, knowing what I know now in my journey, um, you know, part of why I advocate strongly for being a certified Akashic Records practitioner is that it's given me information on boundaries. It's given me information on how, what not to do. It's given me information on, you know, if I, I've had, and I've had clients reach out to me and say, Hey, can we do this? Or, you know, I want to contact this person. And I get a notion that that is not good energy. And I will immediately say it and just say, honestly, I'm not touching that energy with a 10 foot pole. Um, if you want to go there with somebody else that's unethical, you're more than welcome to do that, but it's not an ethics thing. And I, you know, feel like, I have, you know, we can have a lot of fun with the Akashic Records and it's a sacred container. And so I get to have strike a fun balance between those two things. I like that. Um, There's a lot of weird energy going around like TikTok and Instagram right now. Um, I don't know where these people are coming from, but um, I've noticed Uh, Like some of the people that I follow, some prominent people that I follow, you'll see um, them suddenly post something about, hey, there's only this one account. Someone is reaching out to do a reading or trying to use my profile. Basically, they copy and paste a profile and then um, reach out to everyone on your follow list and reach out to, to try to get money out of you. So I think that's a really good um, uh, thing to be aware of. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think if we're in that healing space, you know, we're there. Um, we're in that space because uh, we're re- we've reached an obstacle in our life. Uh, nothing's working. We need to find another way of connecting. Maybe we're lonely or, you know, we're uh, boggled with grief or stress, or we're going through uh, a, a transitional period in our life. And um, I think there's definitely a space for healers. Um, you know, we should never be uh, substituted for medical advice or anything like that, but it's meant to to support you uh, no matter what journey you're on. And I think so. That's why it's so important for you know, energy workers, uh, healers, um, anything in the spiritual realm to, to, to be a support system for people who are um, going through things in their life. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was just something that um, I thought about when you were talking about um, like TikTok and uh, that sort of thing. And I've, yeah, I've just noticed that. And um, it's such a tragedy that that space is, like you, you definitely have to listen to your intuition. And if you feel like, ah, this, this person just doesn't seem genuine. Then, um, I think maybe you're, ta- you know, that, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing that, then you're tapping into some universal knowledge and, and you should listen to that, listen to your intuition and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I was glad that you touched on that. Um, I noticed on your, um, 
uh, Jillian Marie has a um, Facebook, uh, is it a Facebook page or group? I'm not sure. But I, I noticed that you just posted something and I want to touch on that because it really um, inspired me. You, uh, one of the posts, it was just a little meme that you posted. It said, wounded girls evolve into unstoppable women. And that made me stop and think, wow, what, you know, what a really powerful uh, thing to share. Uh, what, what was kind of, when you saw that and you're like, oh, I want to post that. Um, what, what was your thought process when you saw that? Well, I feel like a lot, and I know if it's true for myself too, is a lot of times we don't recognize trauma wounds as trauma wounds. And we don't recognize when we're hurting. And a lot of times we've grown into spaces where we feel like, oh, I'm a badass for doing this. You know, a lot of times we, our society, especially tells women, you know, that, you know, I got this. And we have this rage fueled, anger fueled, trauma fueled, trauma rooted response to life. And you can be powerful and unstoppable and in joy and in your power. That is absolutely a thing. But when I saw that, it was this notion of, yeah, but that's a trauma response. Disallowing ourselves to be held, loved, seen, supported, heard is trauma responses. And I felt a need to correct that and say, yeah, but you know what? If you're in a space where you're like, I got this all the time, you're also coming from a place of resentment. You're also coming from a place of disappointment. You're also coming from a place of unresolved grief, shame, guilt, all those things. And people will say, yeah, but stop a second. If I'm in a space where I disallow myself to be helped and then I'm pissed when I didn't ask anybody for help and no one shows up. And we do that a lot as women. You know, we don't ask our husbands, our kids, our spouses, our support team, our parents, whoever, our friends to help us with things to say, hey, babe, can you take out the trash? And if babe doesn't take out the trash immediately, like you don't watch your person take out the trash right then and there, your brain goes into story. You go into a space of you're disrespected. They hate you. They're not listening. Nobody heard you. But it's actually, I mean, it is about the thing in the moment, but it's also about where else in your life have you not been loved, heard, respected where else in your life have you not when you on the flip side because then at a certain point when you've asked your spouse to do something your partner your kids whatever and they don't you stop asking if they're not doing it exactly as you would do it exactly in the moment you want it done your brain decides your traumatized little kid brain goes no one does anything no one helps anybody around here i'm just gonna go do it myself And that builds in rage, disenchantment, all those pieces where then you're walking around going, the world hates me 
and you're taking everything personally and you're making everything about you as opposed to like, babe, I need to pee, but I will take care of that trash as soon as I get done. And they take care of the trash effortlessly on their time. And so I feel like when I saw that meme, it was like, wow, this is so much like I could write a white paper on this, but I want to stop and say, you know, there's too many memes that say one thing, but we don't as a society want to dive into, yeah, but that's a trauma response. Getting angry with people for not showing up for you when you didn't ask them because nine and a half times out of 10, I will talk to my clients and I'll say, okay, did you ask the person to show up for you? Or did they ask you to hold the door? And you'll say, well, well, no. Okay. So you're mad at somebody for not showing up for you, but you didn't ask them to show up for you because you were afraid they weren't going to show up because when you were a little kid, nobody showed up for you. Exactly. And now you're pissed and now you're running around being, I am, I am great. I am unstoppable. I am fantastic. I am woman. Hear me roar. I am a badass boss. You know, all the things that we like to label on ourselves as opposed to saying, you know, I really want to be that unstoppable joy filled woman. But right now I'm really feeling really small and afraid. I'm feeling like I have a lot of rage and I have a lot of things to say and no one hears me. And again, that goes back to the active listening point. There's no one, no one's listening. That's so powerful. Um, there was a lot of, I hope that that message uh, reached anyone who needed to hear that. I know I got chills. I thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, I, I, I think when we hear that, like, I think you're right. Um, that I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> It goes across all all genders too. You know, it it's it's a common theme. And I think it just you know, like our world right now is so like when you look at the yin and the yang, we are really in the yang right now. Our energy is really pushing and um and work and push and and there's a lot of fire going on right now. And I think that we need balance. And um when we push too hard, um just like that meme, you know, we're, we're, we need to, we need to step back and say, why am I pushing so much? And I think your message, um, is really helpful. And I hope that that, uh, was a, you know, hope some, some people w- would benefit from that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. That was really, Gosh, I got chills when I heard that. Like, oh, I can just think of, I can just think of sometimes, even recently in my own life, <laughs> like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. And <laughs> that was like my, um, like you hear a lot about inner child, like, uh, you know, I, oh, like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. That was like my inner child, like standing in the corner with my arms folded and being pissed off and like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it takes uh, a little bit to, um, to, to realize what's going on. Um, so yes. it's, it's all, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe hold, hold, uh, be okay with holding space for yourself. 100%. Um, we're not perfect. Yeah. Uh, and that active listening for yourself, even if it's like after you come into contact with the situation, like being okay with 
uh, allowing yourself to experience whatever you had and, and transforming it into another situation that can be supportive. Yes. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. So um, what, what would you, if someone was interested in learning more about the Akashic records, what kind of resources could someone find out there um obviously connecting with you would be a great way but let's say someone is not quite ready to do that and they want to do a little background work um do you have any recommendations for anyone who's searching for that information i will say when i first heard of the akashic records i went on line and i did a you know i did a cursory search of the akashic records and i just started reading up but one of the things that I think is really a good resource nowadays is to go onto Amazon and type in the Akashic Records and look at the first like three or four books that come up because those are references, you know, when you see books come up and they have, you know, hundreds of or thousands of, you know, five-star ratings or four-star ratings, that tells you that that person's got good information. And a lot of times, even reading the reviews, like I found this, you know, I've seen things where it's like, I'm a practitioner and I read this book and I found even more information. And I think that that's a good place to start. And again, using your body discernment, you know, if you don't, if you feel like when you're reading it, you probably want to find a different author to read. You know, if you feel like lit up, if you start getting chills when you're reading it and it just fascinates you and your crown is tingling and you're like, yes, I want to know more. That's probably the right person to, you know, maybe buy that book from or download that, you know, that that Kindle version from. And, you know, I don't I don't actively encourage people to just go do a YouTube video and play with it, because, again, there's so much energy out there. And I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, I went and did this you know, YouTube video and this happened and what do I do? And they trust me enough to ask the question, you know, and, it's, and which I appreciate. And I'll say, you know, there's a lot of information out there. And if you don't know how to hold the space container, if you have no idea what you're doing, if you're in the space of, you know, you don't know how to protect yourself from, you know, dark energies, which exists, that's just part of life. Um, you know, you may find yourself in a funky space and, so again, I encourage people into the space of go to Amazon, look up Akashic Records and just those first couple, three or four books and just read through the summary and see if it jives for you. And then maybe you go onto Google and do the same thing. So that's what I, that's what I did. And, you know, again, I found some information that totally resonated with me. And then there was some information that I, that just made like zero sense um, to my brain. And so I just had to <laughs> next Right. <laughs> so uh, what could someone expect in a session with you if if they wanted to reach out to you after they read a book or uh, that sort of thing? What, what could someone expect? So if they were to reach out to me and, and book a 60-minute Akashic Records session, you get to bring eight to ten specific questions with you to the session. And I get permission explicitly to be in your Akashic Records. I record all my sessions so that you can have a copy of it because I often find that we go listen days later or, you know, a month later and we get more information because we are ever evolving and changing and we hear something um, that we didn't hear before or we notice something that we didn't notice before or we notice our expression. You know, if I say something and the person will come back and say, yeah, I noticed how 
I had an aha moment there because my face went this way and my face goes this way. I noticed that you're hitting a nerve. And so I journaled on that. But you generally bring eight to 10 questions and I get permission to be in your Akashic records. You ask the questions and I give you the information from your records. And, you know, sometimes it's, I meet you where you are. Your guides, your Akashic records guides will meet you where you are. So sometimes you're going to get, you know, sometimes they will just share and share and share. It's like verbal vomiting. It's blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it's much more nuanced and it's much softer. And I even have had situations where, you know, people will, I'll see a black wall and I'll say, okay, take a deep breath. And either the name you're giving me is not your legal name or there's something you're unwilling to hear because it has happened. Um, and they'll say, I'm, yeah, I encourage people to come not from a space because this does happen not from a space of challenging me or challenging the Akashic records. In other words, if you're like trying to gotcha, like I don't believe in this crap and you know, please don't have a session for that reason. Um, Cause I probably will blow your doors off. Um, the people that have come in, there are people that have come in either to my lives or to a private session and they've straight up said, I don't believe in this. And I'll say, okay. And then they'll ask a question and I, and I don't know this person from Adam and I'm sharing all this information that I quote unquote should not know. Um, and they're blown away. And the goal that I have in mind when I do sessions is one to be a conduit, but also, you know, I enter the, do everything with grace and I want you to be in a space of, I want you to be at ease and I want you, my hope is that you will receive the information as intended with love because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll do sessions where clients will say, you know, they want to know about their marriage or their career or a situation that, you know, there was one I did a couple of years ago where someone had died recently and the person said, I just want to know if they're okay. And we were blessed that they're, the person that had passed away came through like very clearly and very strongly and, the person I was reading for just was stunned and was just in tears and was like, you just resolved a huge weight. So the session can be whatever you want it to be. It can be as, it can be funny. It can be heartfelt. And sometimes we're dealing with real serious stuff. Sometimes we get, you know, we tap into, you know, trauma or we tap into realizing why you're doing a thing and it all depends. You know, it really depends upon what you as the, client bring to the session, but I aim to walk you through eight to 10 questions. I aim to give you as much depth and clarity as I can. And, you know, bring a little bit of joy, bring a little bit of hope, increase your hope, increase your confidence. That's a session with me in a nutshell. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Yeah, I like that you touched on skepticism a little bit. And um, I have a couple of, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, Maybe this will resonate with you. (laughs) So I think that whatever our message is, especially in the spiritual realm, whatever message we're trying to get out there, it's going to resonate with the right people. And the people that it doesn't resonate with us, um, of course, you know, they don't connect with us or they roll their eyes or, 
Um, you know, they're, it just, you know, or maybe they're, they are publicly skeptical. And I think it's really hard now that we're all kind of like out there, <laughs> maybe on video, you know, some of us are on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but you kind of have to be because that's, that's really the way the world is. Um, and so my thoughts on skepticism are that whenever someone is ready to hear something or they're ready to receive that information, then it's going to, it's going to resonate with them. And if it doesn't, and they're very vocal about, Hey, you're, you're crazy. You're, you know, like, what does that exactly mean? What kind of space are they in? Like, especially when you're talking about like past lives and that sort of thing, like maybe this time around, they're just not ready for that. They're just, and, and so as a healer and that sort of thing, you have to be able to accept that space that they're in and send it, send them off with love and kindness and um, just accept that that's, you know, your message is not going to be for everyone. And someone once told me, if your message upsets someone and makes other people super happy and connected with you, then you're doing it right. Yes. You're doing, you're doing it right because you are not going to make everyone uh, attract to you like a moth to a light bulb. Like you're going to repel most people. And if that, if that's going on, you're doing it right. And yeah. you know, your, your, your message is on point and it, that can be really hard when you're in this space of uh, healing and spirituality and working in the service of others, it, that can be really hard to accept. Yes. That, because I think we do, we, especially as women, we tend to want to please everyone and we can't do that. We just can't be everyone to every, everyone, you know? Yeah. I end up telling so. people, you're not pizza. You're not going to please everybody. And the reality of the situation <laughs> is, I is, love that. You know, I always tell people, you know, Oftentimes, clients will say, if only so-and-so would, ba-ba-ba. And I often tell people, here's the thing. Your brain thinks you're just asking them to love you, like you, respond to you, whatever. But the reality is a lot of times if you are, like, for example, if you're asking, I have a friend of mine that's Baptist, and she found out what I was doing and she reached out to me and this whole long thing to make a long story short. I said, I don't need you to believe in what I do. I don't care. I'm not trying to be rude. I said, but here's the thing. I'm not just poking at this one thing. I'm poking at your belief system and therefore I'm poking at your Mima that taught you that. I'm poking at your mom and dad who you revere and look up to and are your BFFs and they would never do anything wrong and they are perfect and you have everybody on 12-foot pedestals. You're down here as this lowly human in your head and they're up here like they can say and do no wrong. So I'm challenging you. I'm poking at your belief because you're getting full body chills, which means your body, your intuition is telling you that is 100% correct what she's saying. And then part of you is going, oh, my God, what if I'm missing this whole other realm because this whole other opportunity because I'm so stuck in my beliefs? And that's a place where I want to invite people to give grace. And, you know, if you're in the space where your ego is showing up, 
and you need people to like you, love you, your people pleasers like, oh my God, someone doesn't like me. You're doing it right. And I always tell people, you got to get to a place where you like you because when you like you and you stop taking things personally, that's when things start shifting for you. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> it's it's also validating to hear that from uh, another healer. Um, so I love it when we can share space with people who are kind of in our same camp. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's really, it's good. It's good medicine yes. to, um, the, to share space with other people who are kind of on the same wavelength. So, yeah. yeah so, so, you know, how can people... Um, and you have a you have an upcoming podcast. I'm going to mention it so that uh, <laughs> we're going to throw some accountability at you. So you have she has some up, upcoming podcast um, called I Love Your Weird. And so I'm really excited to uh, start listening to that. And um, uh, when do you think you'll have that going? My aim is to start doing interviews in the next week or so. And. I am doing them raw at first, so there will be no editing. So all the ums, the ahs, the whatever will be there. Because I want to highlight humanity, my intention is to have it launched by October 15th at the latest, the first episode. So giving myself an accountability gauntlet. Here we go. <laughs> You're on now. Yes. <laughs> I made it official. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and then you've got your Facebook page and your website. Tell us uh, about that and where people can find you. Sure. Jillian Maria Transformational Catalyst on Facebook. I also have a Facebook group, Awakening with Grace, although it's about to change its name. And you can find me online at Jillian Maria, J I L L I E. M-A-R-I-A, all one word, dot com. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the uh, show notes. If anyone wants to just click on those, um, I usually try to just link it directly so you can just click on it. Um, and um, is there any other way that people can get in touch with you? Any other resources that you want to share um, for anyone listening today? I think if they want to... You know, you can always email me too at jillymaria at jillymaria.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, if you've got questions, happy to answer them for you. And you've got some free resources too on your website, right? I do. I, I, I think have, I saw. Yes, I do have uh, I do have free sources. And I am trying to add to those all the time. And uh, because I really believe in sharing those things and having a, you know, collector, collective um you know, collaborative effort. I love sharing, especially when it comes to small businesses as I am one myself. So, yeah. You have a course too, right? Yes. I thought I saw. Yes. On your, okay. Yeah. Um, I teach the Guys, uh, records. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. And courses are a great way to learn more about something too. So definitely check out her uh, free resources, free sources, as she says, uh, or her course or any of her content. You can follow along with her Facebook uh, page. So yeah, so I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on today and sharing this message and telling us about your story. Uh, it's been really great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. joining me today be sure and hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to great pod content 
I'd love it if you could tell a friend about this podcast and you can find any links mentioned by my guest or by me in the show notes below. Our music is Funk Beats by Ecolix and you can find them on the audio jungle. I'll catch you next time around. See you soon.